Welcome to the Health Design Podcast. I am your host, Moyes Jiwa. You join me in a conversation with Sam Mason. After earning his PhD in 2007, Dr. Mason started a postdoctoral position focused on medical imaging in the Radiological Sciences Lab at Stanford University. The idea that would later become Reflection came to Mason in 2007 when he attended a talk on campus by a professor who was explaining how difficult it is to see tumors during cancer treatment. An idea formed for Mason. Could cancer signal its location back to the therapy machine? Could positron emission tomography be used in a different way to enable the X-ray beam to be locked onto the tumor? What event or experience got you interested in health design and in cancer in particular? I was always interested in math in general, math and science. As a kid, it it was something that I was good at and, and things I think you're good at as a kid, you just tend to do more of and it reinforces your abilities. And and so I, I wanted to really apply myself. And I think it was at, during high school that I realized I was excelling quite a bit in the maths and sciences. And this was in Toronto where I, where I grew up. And I was really pushed and, and, and helped push my colleague and really and best friend from high school, Akshay, who later became my co-founder of, of Reflection, uh, to, to really excel in, in our disciplines. And, and we had this healthy competition. And, and so I, I looked for, you know, how could I challenge myself the most? And at the time, going into college, I was looking at different universities and different programs. And, and the one that seemed to be the most demanding uh, of, of the skill sets that I had. And, and this was also during kind of the, the computer uh, revolution that, that was happening in the 90s was, was in computer engineering. So I, I went to, to do that program at the University of Waterloo, just thinking I would be fascinated um, by it. And I was. Continued that effort uh, when I pursued graduate school. I came to the San Francisco Bay Area for, for engineering, electrical engineering specifically. But it wasn't until I sat in on a class in medical imaging. So this was the, the first time that I had exposure to applying math and engineering principles to see inside the human body. For me, it was the most elegant way to actually see inside the human body, just using pure math and science concepts. And that, that got me hooked in the field um, completely. So I switched into that discipline. I pursued a a research track uh, to pursue a PhD in medical imaging specifically because of, of that concept of being able to see inside the human body, which really fascinated me. Did you have any, anyone affected by cancer in your family or, or amongst your friends? I, I did. I, and I'm sure all of us do have these stories, whether it's, you know, if it's not directly in your family, it's, it's, it's certainly close to it. For me, the experience that uh, was closest to me was my, my aunt, uh, late aunt, Ruth Baluz, who passed away from stomach cancer uh, when I was uh, still a teenager or just turning into a, an, adult, an adult. And and that was a really profound experience for me. It was the closest person I knew that, that had passed away, someone that was near and dear to my heart and, and so many people, everyone in, in our family. And 
I remember the first time I saw her in uh, after a, a round of chemotherapy and, and saw her, her hair had, had fallen out and, and it was it was a shock to me. And it, it, it certainly kind of stayed with me, just the, that particular disease and what it can do and the treatments as well, what they can do. It certainly affected me um, deeply. And, you know, little did I know that later on I would be working on a technology that might have had an impact in, in, in her journey, which, which is something I, I certainly think about. But, but that's probably the, the person that stands out in my mind sure. um, as someone that, that was really close to me that was affected. Unfortunately, she lost her battle when she was, uh, I think it was th- around 37 or so. Right, she was 37 years old. Yes. What difference would your technology have made to her life? Well, that's really hard to tell what, it, what difference it really would have made. But the technology that Reflection is developing is is to try to offer a new treatment option for stage four cancer. And her cancer had progressed to stage four. And so certainly without a doubt, I think it could have been an option for her. Of course, I can't tell whether it would have helped, but that is exactly what we're working on is, is, a, is a technology that could help patients like Ruth. So in layman terms, what does your technology do? The technology is a combination of PET CT and radiotherapy to deliver radiation to not just early stage cancer, which is where radiation therapy is used today, but to all stages of cancer, including stage four. And the way it allows one to do that really for the first time is by taking advantage of PET imaging in particular. So PET is a modality that's fundamentally different from you know, a CAT scan or an MRI where PET is really a biological probe into the body. It sees biology. It, see, it sees cancer activity. And what our machine does is it, it takes that activity map of the cancer and uses those signals that are literally coming out of the tumors in, in real time to guide the radiation treatment to those tumors. And so the goal is, is, is to develop a technology that would treat tumors throughout the body with high-focused radiation in a safe way to be able to offer radiation as a viable treatment option for stage four patients. So basically what's happening is that the tumor is saying, here I am, here I am, and you point the gun at it and shoot it. That's exactly right. In PET, a cancer cell literally sends out a signal or a photon, and the machine detects that and senses where it's coming from and shoots back. And this is for any cancer anywhere in the body? Yeah, the goal is to treat every type of solid tumor cancer. Um, So any cancer that's formed a solid tumor should be treatable with this technology. How far are we along the way to getting this available to to your aunt and, and to many who are like your aunt? We're getting quite close. It's been a 10 year journey. I founded the company with, with Akshay in 2009, and, and we're very proud that now, it was just literally last week, that we uh, opened a factory to, to build these machines. And we are, uh, we've also submitted to the FDA, and so we are, are now awaiting uh, clearance from the FDA 
And the goal is to ship the first machines next year to be able to treat the first patients next year. So it's finally coming to fruition. And when you say treat patients next year, uh, presumably you'll have to have some trials to actually test the technology. In, in radiation therapy, it's a little bit different in how these machines are brought to market. Traditionally, the, the most effective way of testing these machines to be able to tell whether they're delivering radiation to the target or to where the physician wants the radiation to go, it's actually most effective to use devices called phantoms. These are physical objects that are meant to mimic human anatomy in a way that one could also measure where radiation is actually deposited. And the challenge with using live subjects like animals or, or people in clinical trials is, is the ability to actually verify where radiation actually went because there's, there's no real evidence of it once you've delivered the treatment. And so the, the concepts and tests that we use as a company, our industry uses, and, and the standard that the FDA has traditionally used are these, uh, these phantom experiments, these physics or benchtop experiments. So that, uh, those are the set of tests that we believe are sufficient to actually get the technology into the clinic to treat patients. Now, that said, we are still planning to run a clinical study program, much like you'd see in a biotech company, because for the first time, we're opening up the potential to treat metastatic disease with focused radiation throughout the body. And no one has really done that before. And so the outcomes in patients will be studied with our, with our program, even though these devices will be or are aimed to be of course, subject to what the FDA says, uh, cleared for human use. So metastatic disease is a particular problem, isn't it? Because when you get a metastatic deposit, it can be in a place where if you damage the surrounding tissue, you're going to lead to paralysis or some other kind of damage to the body. So this would be quite exciting because it would specifically remove the tumor without damaging the surrounding tissue. That's exactly right. We are developing a technology that should be more conformal around inad tumors so that the radiation will shrink wrap, if you will, around the tumor site. One of the challenges in delivering radiation therapy in the body especially is that because of respiration, just human breathing, we have a moving target problem. Yeah, And so that necessitates traditionally margins that are added around the tumor to aim at the entire envelope, essentially, of where that tumor is moving. But typically, that envelope is about 200% the size of the actual target, which means the radiation being delivered is twice as much to what you would normally need if you knew exactly where the target is. So one aspect of what our technology will hopefully be able to do is significantly reduce those margins around these tumors to limit that extra radiation going into surrounding healthy tissue. But almost as important is the logistics challenge of not what I just explained, but doing that for another tumor in the body and then a third tumor and then a fourth tumor. Imagine a patient with five or 10 sites of metastatic disease. That is the biggest barrier to actually treating patients today with radiation. It's really the logistics a challenge of setting up and treating each one of those sites serially as if they were separate surgeries. Mm. 
Our goal is to make a machine that can do it all in parallel in a single session to really make that treatment feasible for patients and and viable for healthcare systems. So you're saying that if somebody had bony metastases, liver metastases, cerebral metastases, you could get them all in one in one hit. Exactly. That's the goal is to basically uh, a system that will treat all sites of gross disease, all metastases from head to toe. Mm. So this would reduce hospital stay, would reduce amount of time spent being treated, amount of time spent going to clinics, etc. Well, that's the exciting part is that we don't we don't know yet exactly what those outcomes will look like, but but there are a lot of hypotheses and already some early evidence that suggests they will be quite positive because, you know, traditionally in metastatic cancer where it's spread, the main modality to treat these patients are chemotherapy or other types of systemic therapy. Immunotherapies are a new paradigm as well in, in cancer treatment, which are another form of systemic therapy. And radiation is an orthogonal type of treatment where, that relies on different mechanisms of action. And so you can imagine debulking or melting away, if you will, the, the solid tumors throughout the body in combination with a targeted drug or another type of systemic therapy, that that, that kind of one-two punch could um, hopefully alter the course of the disease in a stage four patient and help that patient and the patient's own immune system start to win the battle against against cancer. We call that adjuvant therapies, don't we? So you have the radiotherapy on the one hand and then targeted chemotherapy on top of that. That's right. And and I think it'll be the radiation oncologist and the medical oncologist that'll argue which one is the, will be the adjuvant one in our case. Um, but I, I think that's exactly right. It's, you know, these are these are meant to be a multi-pronged approach to treat a very complex type of patient. Can you imagine a time when, you know, stage four cancer wasn't nearly as frightening as it is today? Because it's virtually a death sentence now because it's so hard to treat multiple tumors. Where if you've got stage four disease in the future with this technology, it could be that the the treatment is very similar to a a much lower stage. Yes, I, I am very hopeful for the future. I think we're living in a very exciting time in oncology. There's a lot of progress that has been recently made in melanoma, in lung cancer. These are stage four patients that normally would have had a death sentence, as you said. But now with the advent of immunotherapies, a subset of them, it's still a relatively small subset, but still a subset, are living beyond five years, which is something that you know, would not have been thought possible decade ago. And so there does seem to be a new frontier. And in addition to that, early evidence suggesting that radiation may have a synergistic effect with the immune system and immunotherapies. And so the the prospect of adding another tool in this fight is really exciting. and, And I am hopeful that we could further those impacts that are already happening. You know, Sam, we often talk about technology having a role, but really for us at the General Health Design, a lot of this is about what can you do without uh, waiting for major change in policy or major technological breakthroughs to change the, ex- the patient experience. What you're saying really, and what you work 
is illustrating that technology does have a role and that the things that frighten us today, things that we feel are beyond our hope of survival uh, in healthcare can be and are being tackled. And it's very, very exciting to hear where you're going with this. And we very much hope that you will come back and talk to us once you've got this in the commercial sector. So thank you. Oh, absolutely. And, and thank you so much for, for this uh, opportunity. I really appreciate it. I uh, look forward to updating you when we are uh, hopefully treating patients. Fantastic. Thank you. The Journal of Health Design. Better health by design. Visit us at www.journalofhealthdesign.com.